0: You're listening to a podcast by Mission Field USA, a church planting initiative of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. For more information and resources, visit lcms.org churchplanting
1: Hello, I'm Rev. Dr. Steve Shave, director of LCMS Church Planting, and welcome to our next installment of our Mission Field USA podcast. We have a very special guest with us today, the Reverend Dr. Carlos Hernandez, who has served us uh, faithfully in the LCMS and the International Center in various uh, roles here in St. Louis and now is somewhat retired, but uh, certainly a great mentor to many of us in terms of doing Mercy around the globe. And so if you have seen any of our Mission Field USA resources, you have seen that Mercy was one of the main components as we seek to do mercy, witness, and life together. In our new mission work, you see, too, in our resources, there's always been a focus on having mercy with dignity. And you've probably heard about toxic charity. You may have heard about wanting to do things in an asset-based way. And so you notice in our resources that we discuss planting gospel seeds while serving human needs, and that is about community outreach. So we are so excited to have with us the, the founder of that, uh, Gospel Seeds, Carlos, welcome.
0: Thank you, Steve.
1: And today also with Glad us. To be with you. Yeah, it's great to have you. Uh, again, uh, what a great champion and mentor. I know Carlos and Glenn Merritt and Maggie Carner were huge uh, coaches for me in terms of doing mercy work. And so we're excited about the the discussion. And of course, welcome back to Reverend Dr. Mark Larson, who serves us as the LCMS Director of Church Planning. Hey, Mark.
0: Um, hi, Stephen Carlos. It's my pleasure to be with you today.
1: All right. So let's dive Thank right you, into Mark. it. Yeah, Carlos, um, you're in California, right?
0: That's correct.
1: All right. Well, thanks for being with us. So we'll we'll get right to the topic at hand. We're going to discuss today community outreach and especially a community outreach initiative that's called Planting Gospel Seeds While Serving Human Needs. How would you describe this, Carlos?
0: Well, simply, it's just uh, the, uh, the role that every congregation has in serving not only its members, but its geographical neighborhood. Uh, every church, is, of course, is planted in a particular neighborhood. Uh, with a street address and neighbors. Uh, And so Gospel Seeds seeks to uh, assist congregations in a process that introduces them to their neighbors, and not only their neighbors, but also other organizations that are serving their neighbors through a process of interviews and and conversations. We call the the, uh, discussions with neighbors, uh sometimes people that live right across the street around the corner residential interviews and then with uh organizations and agencies that serve that neighborhood uh we call them uh agency interviews and in our experience uh these folks both residents and agencies that serve the the community are at first somewhat surprised but also very excited uh and pleased that a local congregation in their neighborhood is interested in the needs of that community, and, and that they're also serving.
1: Very good, and that's what I was trying to get at with the mercy with dignity is that it really is a collaborative effort, and it is working together. Again, a lot of conversation about the toxic charity and the unhealthy dependencies, but this is really to help a community to help themselves and to work together. Uh, in collaboration, and it is an asset-based initiative. Uh, It is not seeing the people uh, who are suffering poverty or or something else as being a problem to solve, but that they are the solution and that every community has assets. And so not only do you discover what those needs are, but you also have a chance to find out what are the great assets that already exist uh, to help a community to thrive. So, Carlos, how did this uh, community initiative uh, begin?
0: Well, it actually began uh, with the job description that I had when I first <laughs> came uh, to work with uh, LCMS World Relief and Human Care. Uh, my uh, my boss at that time was a Reverend uh, Richard Krensky, uh, and uh, it, it was to be uh, the director of districts and congregations. There really was no job description, just uh you know see if you can you know work this out and 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 develop develop the position and it started out uh with uh, going to a um, a uh, conference that downed by the airport uh, a black ministry conference and there I met uh, a gentleman uh, uh, by the name of um k o c h <laughs> and um, uh, Reverend Koch, and he was a pastor in uh, in Columbus, Ohio, and but also did a lot of. He was retired, so did a lot of interims, and so he was very interested in, in that and what 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 I was doing. When he saw my title, uh, director of districts and congregations, he came up to me and said, "What do you do?" <laughs> so at that point, I sort of began to develop my job description because it was dealing with districts and congregations, helping them to uh, develop human care ministries. So it was a job that basically just evolved. It, it, it had never been, uh, directed specifically at congregations. Um, and so how it, it, that's basically how it began, uh, by going to a uh, Cleveland, Ohio, which was my first, um, uh, my first client, if you would, <laughs> and helping them go get out in, in the community, talk to neighbors, talk to agencies. Uh, Hans Springer, who we all know Mm -hmm. uh, in the development department of a few years back, uh, went with me and uh, took a lot of videos and he wanted to know what this was was all about. But uh, he uh, he, he actually recorded everything of of how we uh, interacted with uh, not only residents, but also agencies that serve the the community, including some of the, uh, we met with the one of the uh, city council representatives uh, for the particular area where the church was so we we basically got the church uh, deeply entrenched and involved in its neighbor in its neighborhood right and uh this was quite a surprise to them that they could actually that the community and and residents and the agencies were, were so both happy and surprised to, to to have a congregation interested in its community
1: sure and, you know, it's all about congregations being a corporate neighbor and that uh, we are called to love our neighbor. And I know you've seen it many, many times that there are, are many congregations that are kind of disconnected, um, even walled off from the neighborhood around them. And so this is a great way to to tear down the barriers between the the church and community. And as you said, uh, you'd be surprised just how many people uh, are in the community, both in leadership roles and just residents that are very interested in working together uh, collaboratively to help, uh, again, the the neighborhoods thrive. So uh, tell us then, uh, Carlos, when a congregation does decide to go about conducting the gospel seed process, how do they prepare? Um, what's kind of the initial training schedule?
0: Uh- well, I think the first step, just to kind of get their feet wet, you know, not not get them too, um, you know, maybe a, a, should I say a, a little timid or afraid about uh, actually going out and and uh, interacting with neighbors, uh, is uh, for them to get a, a demographic. Uh, I think LCEF still, I believe, still has uh, provides those demographics uh about the community it's uh, the the population the the racial makeup the the, the income just about ev- anything you would ever want to know about a neighborhood uh can be obtained through demographic studies uh they can be actually be uh even obtained in the internet you type in in, in google <laughs> the zip code of, of a particular uh area and and uh you get, you know, some pretty good basic information, but then as I said, uh, our own LCF um, has uh, uh, demographics that they provide and I think that they can also provide some, uh, some uh, face-to-face consultation with congregations, especially if they're doing any kind of remodel or building or anything like that.
1: Sure, capital stuff. Well, that's a very good point. I mean, it's really hard to love your neighbor if you don't know your neighbor. And so there are lots of tools that can help equip you to get to know your neighbor better. And then uh, I know that as this goes on with the training, you'll teach them how to actually talk one-on-one with folks to get to know their neighbor better. So what's kind of a typical schedule then for conducting one of the planning gospel seeds trainings?
0: Well, let's assume that uh, let's say you and Mark are, are going to go out and help a congregation, or let's say a congregation decides that he wants to do it by themselves. You know, you have a lot of astute folks in congregations that some folks. Uh, I live in Sacramento, California, and a lot of the congregations in the area have uh, folks that work for the for the city or for the state, and so uh, in, in some ways, a congregation can actually do this by themselves. Without any outside uh, consultation, but of course it's always better to get a, a fresh perspective from from the outside, you know, because uh, the, an outside consultant or trainer can see things that perhaps uh, the members don't see. Um, but it uh, it begins, as I said, with with the uh, with with the agency interviews and and talking to people in the na- neighborhood, actually. Uh, uh, if, if we are doing the training uh, on Saturday morning, we, we actually uh, will we'll gather together and, and, and explain the, the whole concept of planting gospel seeds while serving human needs, including preparing to go out and do what we call residential interviews. So let's say we have the average is about 10 participants on a Saturday morning. So already there we have five teams. Uh, and if in maybe uh, let's say eleven because big teams, or rather six teams, because the pastor and, and myself also go out. So the pastor goes with one of the members. I go with another member. So we have say five six teams, and we each take about uh, three or four blocks on either side, and 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 have the conversation with with residents. And we basically say, uh, well, we're down, we're from say St. Paul's. They call let's call the church St. Paul's. We're from St. Paul's Lutheran Church down the block and, and since it's close by, the member, it's easy because the member will say, oh yeah, I, 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 uh, we went to a baptism there one day. If the church has a preschool or a school, oh yeah, my son or my daughter went to that preschool. So sometimes when you start close in, the, uh, the interviews, the residential interviews are easy because there, there might have been already some contact with the immediate neighbors. So, so that's the first step is in, is talking to the neighbors, and we ask, you know, we're doing, we're trying to be better neighbors and and develop programs that serve the neighborhood. So rather than just talking to ourselves at the church, we thought we'd come out and talk to our neighbors, see what they think. And here's the critical question to ask: well, What are the most critical unmet or underserved deeds in this neighborhood or uh, in, in the community around the church? And uh, it's amazing the the kind of First of all, how, how amazed neighbors are that the church is actually interested in, in them and what their ideas are about their ministry, uh, but also they're interested in, uh, in speaking about some of those very specific needs. It might be safety, it may be uh, um, uh, traffic problems, you know, and like for example, it was, I'm just thinking of, of a congregation we work with, that it was a neighborhood, but there was a lot of Cars racing up and down. Maybe young kids, you know, trying to trying to see how their their sports car or their cars were were working. And so di- different kinds of uh, of needs that, uh, arise. And since the congregation is, as you said, a corporate entity that can go in behalf of the neighbors or with the neighbors to to see where the, the powers would be that can address these issues. Uh, you know, they're very interested. Yeah. Uh, you ask that question to any neighbor, you know uh we're from uh saint paul's lutheran church and we're trying to figure out how we can be better neighbors and uh uh can you would you be willing to share with us what in your opinion are some of the critical needs of the neighborhood wow i mean it's just like sometimes you you have to say well thank you very much we need to move on people will talk
1: <laughs> very true and you know you're talking about schools and maybe a few years down the road for a new church plant where they're kind of established like that and they have other resources. But, you know, for a brand new church plant, um, I think it's equally important because this can be a really good first impression uh, for a core group of people who are just getting started with Uh, planting a new congregation. And this this first impression of wanting to know your neighbor and already trying to find ways to work together and to serve is going to be very important. But as you point out too, Carlos, this isn't just about collecting data uh, for the sake of having information. Um, there needs to be some planning and some follow-up. So what what kind of follow-up uh, would you urge congregations and church plants to have after that? Well, it's
0: about initiating relationships. That's really the goal. Sure. And what we have found is that uh, at, at, at the very least, and sometimes even more, but uh, for every every 10, uh neighbor that you talk to is what we call, uh, uh, let's call it what, what we u- usually call, uh, call them in in our evangelism prospects. Mm-hmm. You know, people will say, "Oh, you know what? We, you know, yeah, you know, I've been wondering about your church, and and sometimes I'll even ask you a question: Can anybody go to your church? Because I mean, you know, these people to run churches, <laughs> they don't know what you know. Or oh, is that just for Lutherans? Or? <laughs> and uh, we've been looking for. For some connection, you know, uh, and and uh, you know, you're at the door, and and they, they you you get a little bit of a begin to develop an initial relationship with them, and it's, sometimes you, you 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 knock on a door where there's some there's some family crises. Knock on the door and say, oh geez, you know, it, it we would just you know they're kind of like shocked that there's somebody from the church at their door because they say, you know. And, and you can see that there's a little emotion in their in their voices. Mm-hmm. You know, it's amazing that you're knocking at the door. You know, because it's almost like God sent you. You know, we've been having some problems in the family. You know, and we were just discussing. You know, maybe we need to do something. Maybe go to a church or something. You know, <laughs> and, so, and here <laughs> the next day somebody's knocking at the door from church and saying, you know, we're from St. Paul's Lutheran Church and we're trying to figure out where some of the needs of the community are. They, say, they just like they're just like blown away, but that that's interesting that that some that sometimes happens because mm-hmm. every every home you know in the block around the church have issues of one kind or another. Right. I mean so, uh, and some of them are at a crisis level, and so like for example where where you're having family crises and 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 marriage crises, I mean it, it, it's amazing you know what the lives of the people uh, around a local congregation mm-hmm. you know what they go through and so i mean since we've been called as a church to uh you know to address and, and to connect with people and, and connect the gospel of jesus christ to uh with our neighbors i mean it, it's a logical thing to do yeah I mean, it's just something that need that it's just like a no-brainer you know right and 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 the, the 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 real opener and this needs to be said because initially uh some congregations are saying oh we don't we're, we don't we don't want to do that you know that's just like the and, and I don't want to actually name the name of the, of the two two religious organizations that are most known for knocking on doors but they they knock on doors and not just them but other other uh maybe sex or fundamental organization church organizations will not us because they they want they want clients they want people to come to their church so when we go and say you know we're we're not trying we're not proselyting we're not looking you know that's the work of the holy spirit you know our work is to care for people and and to uh you know connect with them with the love of christ asking you know what what are the critical needs of the neighborhood, or mm-hmm. the needs in your in your home, and and how can we be of service? Yeah, it's, it's just it's, yeah. powerful connected. I mean, right. right? We've had people, we've had people cry. And say, <laughs> oh my goodness! You right. know, the church that wants to know what what I, what needs do we have? Oh my god! <laughs> it, 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 it's a powerful thing.
1: Yeah, it's just that genuine love. So. You bring up a good point. It's not, uh, and any mercy work for that matter is not some sort of a bait and switch. There's no doing it for some selfish reason that you hope to fill
2: your pews.
1: Right. But that, but on the other hand, like you said, you're you're doing what matters the most, and that's building relationships with people, especially if you continue to follow up and serve people in your community that are hurting. And by establishing those relationships, it gives you the opportunity to invite them into the life of the church yeah. and so it really does draw people in that's that's what the holy spirit's work is but you don't need to feel like this is some sort of a bait and switch and you need to sell them or uh you know somehow uh switch over to the gospel this is just all natural caring and love for your neighbor and naturally well, that happens
0: right here's the other thing is that there there are uh, the neighbors are not don't only just have needs,
2: mm-hmm.
0: but they also have resources. Yeah. And uh, we've, we've gone in, you know, one of the, one of the most frequent experiences, and probably maybe again, going to one out of 10, you know, <laughs> one, we always have that. One out of 10 is a prospect. One out of 10 is, is someone who wants to help you. They'll say, you know, what are some of the needs of, of, of the neighborhood? And they'll turn around and say, well, what are some of the needs of the church? You know, how can we help you? And we have this resource, well you think you could use it. The one that I'll never forget was this was in uh, Pittsburgh, uh, Pennsylvania, at, a, at an urban inner city church. Um, and the neighbors said uh, uh, well she says, well I'm a, I'm a ma- marriage counselor, a therapist, an African American woman and she said, uh, if, you, if you have any any kind of family situations or, or you know marital conflict among members or even others that you know in the community, you know, we would be happy. And she works for a local organization, a counseling agency. So we'd be happy to come over and do a workshop or training or, mm-hmm. or be available for counseling. I mean, so that, 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 that kind of sticks in my mind, but sure. there's always, um, uh, some, someone you run into in, in the community that also wants to offer their resources to the church. And mm-hmm. that, you know, in other words, there's not only, Needs in the in the neighborhood of the, around the church, but there are so there are also resources mm-hmm. that can be a, that that the congregation can use, and that those uh, folks that have these resources are willing to share with with the community through through the local congregation.
1: Yeah, and that's one of the exciting things about church planting is that typically it does allow for more um, partnerships and collaborations, and getting people uh, engaged right away in the ministry so you bring up a good point there so what are some key activities then that are kind of essential to the gospel seeds community outreach process
0: uh, some of the, the activities uh that uh that we identify as the needs is that what you mean or
1: um just in terms of when when somebody's going to go through this process what kind of lay out some of the activities that go on
0: Oh, okay. Okay. So let's say uh, again. I'm 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 talking uh, in terms of a congregation doing it on its own. Uh, Of course, we're always available for to to be on-site consultants. I'm sure uh, you are too. Is is working for the Senate. I still I still do that work. uh, You know, as as a private uh, consultant, and um, but. it starts. We try to start on a Thursday, and what we do on a Thursday uh, is we try to set up some interviews with agencies uh, that are uh, agencies that that may serve the immediate neighborhood, maybe may a little bit further out. You know, maybe even outside of what we, what we call the the geographical geographical parish of the congregation. By geographical parish, I mean that the congregation uh just for the sake of 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 working and understanding the needs of a neighborhood might say look our our geographical parish I'm borrowing that from from the Catholic concept of the the parish Mm -hmm. you know uh, um that uh I say say 10 blocks in either direction Uh, sometimes if you have a freeway three or four blocks down and it, that's a kind of a major boundary, okay, we'll go a little bit further this way a little bit further, but kind of outline for yourself what might be uh a geographical area that the congregation is gonna serve and make contact with that's that's the important thing mm-hmm. um, so um so then you know uh we start out on 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 a thursday and 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 to get talking to some organizations that are serving that geographical area. You know it could be a hospital it could be a school I was just thinking of a uh, of a um, of my friend um, uh, uh peter Preuss in 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 uh in Minnesota where Brookfield, Minnesota where they're having so much problem and uh we uh, we started with a school and it was right across the street from the church
2: <laughs>
0: so we went in and uh, t- uh we went to talk to the principal and, and the secretary she says hi pastor price and uh, uh he says oh do i know he says oh i was a visitor at your church on easter you know <laughs>
2: so
0: uh but anyway so uh you know we begin you know with 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 agencies in uh, a school is i always say let's visit the school first because the, sc- the school has uh the kids that live in the neighborhood so the the principal the counselor uh so other staff that work in, in administration and, and work with families and, and, and the students know a lot about about the community. So they're a great resource. So on Thursday, we started with talking with agencies. The school is, is the best agency. Uh, other social service organizations, city hall, chief of police. Oh, man, anybody who serves that neighborhood, we asked them the same thing. Tell us about your neighborhood that you serve here. And uh and what are some of the needs or what, what could a local congregation do to, 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 uh, you know, walk alongside you in, in, in serving the needs of that community. So tremendous in- information you get on Thursday. We usually to do the agency interviews on Thursday and Friday. If, if, if as an outside consultant. And then on Saturday, Saturday morning, is we do the workshop, explain what gospel seats all about, the concepts, uh, the, the residential interviews, and then we go out, have lunch. And then, uh, we go out like around uh, twelve forty-five, one o'clock or so. We go out for about an hour, um, and you know, part you you partner with another person. You know, always two by two, just like Jesus sent them out two by two.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And um, and so they have a little, yeah. You know, they get a nice little brochure. You know, you got that's one thing you got to have a nice, colorful, you know, mm-hmm. informative little brochure. Mm-hmm. And, you know, always always have that. You know, I mean, that's that's your calling card. You know, and uh, they can be. You know, members can take these. Uh, you know, half a dozen or a dozen brochures and just take them home. You know, maybe you're in the store and somebody's looking for uh, for a church or where to baptize a child if they have a school where to send them to school or a preschool. Always have some some congregational brochures. Who who are you? And then at the back, course, the pastor. When to call a pastor? Wow, sometimes people see that, you know, and it's oh, you mean I can call your your pastor even though I'm not a member?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, of course, our pastor, our church serves the whole community, the whole neighborhood. So um, we uh, uh, we we do the agency interviews like, actually on Thursday and Friday, and then on Saturday is when we go out and, and do the door to door. We only go out for an hour. People come back and debrief, and uh, that debriefing is amazing. You know, people mm-hmm. are just like shocked. <laughs> How how receptive people were, you know, to, to their to their um you know, to, to their interviews. Sure.
1: Well, very good. You you touched on too this idea of the geographical parish and that's one of the great things about the gospel seeds process is you do look at the parish and you map it out and how you're gonna canvas and as you said, you group people up and I do think like you were saying too, it's it's great for them to learn more about the pastor and the pastor is there to assist, especially with kind of emotional, spiritual uh, needs. But um, I think just to see that many lay people, you know, they they see the pastor, that's his job. Of course, he's going to be around and talk to people, but that, you know, congregation members themselves are out there. Uh, I think it really does uh, help make a, a big statement about your congregation, that you take seriously your involvement in the, the community. So you're talking about agency interviews, which, you know, you're meeting with some of the key leaders in your community. I know I met with government officials and, you know, different folks that would know the most, uh, as you pointed out, you know, school administrators certainly do know quite a bit about what's going on in the homes of their families and the needs that are there. And then also the residential interviews where you're kind of one-on-one with people in their homes, talking about what uh, needs that they see being addressed how long should these interviews then continue from the first time you guys go out on the
0: weekend uh here's the question uh, don Strohmeyer. you know don Strohmeyer. sure him and i work together as a team we we had the standard answer <laughs> we say until jesus comes <laughs> <laughs> so in other words it becomes part of a congregation's ongoing work you know you you it's not just you know we're going to have this gospel seeds on saturday so and then we've done we got we got an idea uh, especially the residential interviews the agency interviews may may just uh give you an idea of who else who, who are the other part potential partners for mercy ministry in in the geographical area uh but the residential interviews uh they 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 go on as i say in, in, until jesus comes i mean because there's always going to be and and uh because even if you if you let's say that your geographical area to start out with maybe ten blocks in either direction, and and you get to know uh, pretty much you know that 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 that's going to take you at least a year you know to get to know all the folks and and then there's a follow up, um, and uh, oh, oh, I, I should say that that. Um, what we found maybe i've said this already but uh, we found that one in ten of every every uh, ten doors that you knock mm-hmm. that yeah. one is a prospect mm-hmm. i mean they, they want a follow-up call they want to know uh uh whether uh, you know how do you become a member you know we're looking for a church and so it, it it's it's amazing <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I, we did that did one not not in uh, the I can't think of the town but i think it was in on the coast, not too far from Irvine, from where Concord University is, but on the coast. Oh, Manhattan Beach. Yeah, that's it. I remember now, Manhattan Beach, the church there. Um, and um, in fact, you know, the guy who works for the Historical Institute, what is his name? He he was the pastor there. Hummelink. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was the pastor. That was he was a pastor in Manhattan Beach, and. Um, so uh, we we had it, one, one of the uh, the houses that we that we visited was was uh, on the, on the next block from the church, and so the the neighbor was was lived right behind the church, and uh, she actually invited us in, very friendly invited us in, and she says, you know, I, I've been wondering if uh, if anybody can go to your church. You know because I guess she looked and saw that you know there's people there that you know they look like they belong there and you know this is like a group you know, like a club <laughs> <laughs> she's i was I always wanted to go to your church but so here here's my invitation hmm. so uh so it's it's just amazing what the Holy Spirit can unearth in terms of the potential for a congregational's reach outreach to its neighbors. people are really hungry for the gospel is what I want to say hmm. it's what you find out you walk away that. With that sense that man, I didn't realize these people are are so hungry for for connection. And mm-hmm. uh, one congregation that Don and I work with right right across the river in Illinois, I can't think of the town now, um, but we found it as it was a it was like a lot of our churches are. This is a church that was I think older than the Senate, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, so it's a lot of elderly. And what we found out in our, in our residential interviews around is that many of these elderly folks live alone. They have mm-hmm. no connection. I mean, mm-hmm. and one of, the, one of the most common experiences was that, you know, this is very sad to say, but, uh, you know, what happened, uh, you know, uh, Mr., uh, Mr. Jones? We haven't seen him around. Well, come to find out that somebody finally goes and he's, he's gone, you know, mm-hmm. he died. And uh, a week or so went by, and nobody knew about it. So the uh, the church uh, found out that that was a great need. So they started a, a ministry of, of checking up on uh, the senior folks in the, in their neighborhood who maybe not have may not have an immediate connection mm-hmm. with with uh, relatives or friends. You know, it's it's interesting how. Uh, the elderly, you know, once you get up into the 70s, 80s, you know, and, and if they don't have family nearby, mm-hmm. well, families moved away, especially in, in small, small uh, rural towns. You know, the, the kids grow up and they move elsewhere and, you know, uh, mom and dad uh, stay behind and uh, don't always have those immediate connections or relatives anymore. And, sure. So the church is, is a great connector right, and a great supporter. A great friend of elderly folks that may not have family living right in that small little rural town where they grew up. And Carlos, I have a a question for you, kind of along that line. So it it sounds like you you, uh, make do these interviews with agencies and with the residents, and they're going to give you ideas what the needs of the community are. How does a congregation uh, choose among what I would presume are many different ideas about ways to serve? How do they? choose the ones that they do pursue? Well, what we usually f- discover and, and this is is that the folks that are really drawn to this idea, you know, uh, before we actually engage a congregation in, in the planting gospel seeds we actually, they actually call us out um, and, and want to know about this and some of them already know about it has maybe a neighboring congregation who went through it and so just come, but others, you know what is this about? And a lot of times it's on the phone. Uh, sometimes you know if it's close by. We, we did a lot of a lot of work in Saint Louis. when We were there. Mm-hmm. Uh, we actually so you just go and talk to them. And like, here's what we do. And, and so so there's that you know that pre pre uh, on site consultation uh, you know conversations and, and 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 getting to know what what this is all about. So um we we have we have uh opportunity to, to tweak the process and and to tailor it to what the needs are of a specific congregation.
1: Yeah, Carlos always did a really good job of taking this information, not just data, and helping to develop a ministry plan with a full report of the demographics. So not only does that initial team that went out and did the surveying and interviewing get involved, but the whole congregation gets to see all of the information built into a ministry plan. And just as we're kind of closing in our thoughts here, um, that's really what it's about, is that this isn't just to do it for the sake of doing an activity. Um, The whole outcome really is to see real changes happening in the community, and that they're done in a collaborative way, in a way that really involves the neighborhood uh so you're not just going in and doing these things but you're working together and you know not only does that happen but you will not only see the real change you will see the real changes in people's lives and that also means that you will see people that are joining the life of the church because it began with this kind of building of that bridge and one of the things too um carlos and mark that i wanted to point out was just uh that everybody understands this is an opportunity when you show genuine love and care for your neighbor, that it will give you a chance to share the gospel. And one of the times that I saw it, I've seen it a few times, but uh, watching Carlos and I, we went into a Hispanic neighborhood and he was able to speak uh, Spanish to one of the ladies that lived there. And, you know, she was of a, a different faith uh denomination and she started to ask kind of what are some of the differences there and you know primarily focused on who is jesus christ and sure enough we had our little handout uh, small versions of the small catechism and carlos jumped right into the second person of the creed and explained who jesus christ is uh, in our lutheran doctrine and sure enough uh, she asked not only could she keep a copy but could she have a couple more copies uh, for some of her other family members, she was pretty excited when she heard how we describe uh, our understanding of God's grace through Jesus Christ. So, you remember in, that, I huh? do remember that. It was a <laughs> highlight of my <laughs> Albuquerque, New Mexico. Albuquerque, New Mexico. That's right. I, again, I'm so fortunate to have uh, learned from some living legends and some of the great ones. But, uh, but yeah, it really is important that this isn't just another activity to check off your checklist for church planning. It really is something that you pray that there'll be real changes in your community that help you to partner with others, that others will, um, hear the gospel and the Holy spirit will, uh, enlighten, uh, and, and bring them into the life of the church. But, that this truly is an opportunity uh, to not only get to know your neighbor, but to share the good news of Jesus Christ. And I think that's what matters the most. And so, yeah, we're here, you know, all of our church planning resources uh, have a major emphasis and uh, include this as part of uh, Mark and my coaching of church planners and core groups. And, you know, uh, just very thankful for uh, Carlos Hernandez, who's the founder of this whole gospel seeds uh process. And, you know, he's he's been a great mentor to many of us over the years. So, Carlos, thank you so much for your time today and sharing with us what Gospel
0: Seeds is all about. It's been a pleasure com- conversing with you, uh, Steve, and brought back uh, memories of uh, our work together. <laughs> Going all the way back to Georgia.
2: <laughs>
1: what was the name of that again? Yeah, so we were in Perry, Georgia, uh, planning a Perry, church. Perry, Georgia. Yeah. That's right. So I was, I was a church planner. Carlos came down, helped me with some of the canvassing. Uh, Maggie Carner, who was the director of life ministry, we were also at the same time in our mercy work, uh, just getting a new pregnancy center off the ground. So Maggie came down uh, to see the pregnancy resource center that my wife, who's a deaconess, was starting and uh that was an amazing experience so then when i went into the inner city uh i asked carlos uh if he could come back and we'd do it again and uh it was just an amazing experience again and the church absolutely um and i personally actually got to be part of a steering committee then in my community uh for a community development process and it was a complete resurrection of the neighborhood around me so a lot of that came from my mentorship and, and learning from carlos uh, and then as you said uh, even in my role now as the lcms church planner uh, mission field usa is all about starting new cross-cultural ministries across the country and gospel seeds has been a huge component of that and to be out there in the field with carlos uh, in these new multi-ethnic ministries getting off the ground was also wow. Uh, fantastic experience so can't thank you enough carlos
2: for all your support well, I, if i can
0: anyway i can help you in any way like i said i'm still uh, <laughs> thank god uh, in good health and uh, uh en- en- energetic and um, so the lord's given me the opportunity to continue to do some of this work Amen. including some uh some vacancies which uh, we need a lot of pastors <laughs> yes <laughs> of we vacancies. do
1: but keep up the good work, Carlos. You. And uh, it's always great to have a living legend on the podcast. So uh, if you have any well, you're questions. A yourself, <laughs> you're a
0: legend yourself, You're a legend yourself.
1: We'll see. You're we'll see. up the baton. There you That's go. Perfect. There you go. Taking up the baton. But we want to. Yeah. Yeah. Let's keep gospel season. Thank you, Carlos. Going. Thanks to all of our listeners. Right. And thanks for joining us for the Mission Field USA podcast.
0: Thanks for listening to the Mission Field USA podcast for church planting. Visit lcms.org churchplanting church planting for other resources and information to share your ideas and to contact us. The Mission Field USA podcast is a production of the Office of National Mission of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod in partnership with KFUO Radio. The Lord be with you.